Hey everyone, and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast that discusses video game news, stories, highlights, and all the biggest topics in the video game industry. My name is Luke Armstrong, and I am your host. Joining me today is my co-host, Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? It's going great. I'm ready to talk about some games. Yeah, me too. It's It's been a while since uh, we've been able to... That Death Stranding review episode felt like such a long time ago since know, we recorded yeah. it. And <laughs> we took uh, last week off just because of scheduling and stuff. So I, I'm, I'm pumped to be back at it. Uh, it's going to be a good episode, I think. So in today's episode, we're going to be going over Sony's state of play that was last yesterday i guess uh this past tuesday and we're also going to be talking about nintendo indie world which was also yesterday we kind of got a two direct presentations one for sony one for nintendo on the same day just hours apart which doesn't happen like ever really um especially since sony has started the state of play so it was a big news filled day so we're going to be talking about all the major announcements out of those two presentations and then we're going to we're going to see how things go just depending on how long it takes us to get through going through the state of play and indie world we may transition into talking about some of our favorite games of the past decade kind of following that trend that's kind of been going in in all things I've seen it on some of the other video game podcasts and I've seen it outside of the industry as well just talking about you know the best things that happened in the last 10 years cuz we're ready to turn the clock over to the next decade there so if we have time at the end of the show we're going to do that um, but we're just going to play it by ear right now so that's what today's episode looks like but before we get to all that just a reminder that the podcast airs every Tuesday except for this week we had a mini episode that aired which I'll talk about here in a second yesterday and this episode is going to be going up on Thursday December 12th and so yeah our schedule's just been a little out of whack because of you know schedule restrictions and it's that time of the year so apologies for that but uh we hope (laughs) next year in 2020 to have a more you know definite schedule release just because it's you know we've tried to put a whole bunch of things in the last couple weeks and so that's why it's been all messed up but normally it airs every tuesday it's available on all major podcast services such as apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify anchor stitcher just search for games are fun and whatever podcast service you use Now, before we get to all that, just a bit of housekeeping. Thank you to everyone who tuned into the Games Are Fun Death Stranding review episode. We had a lot of fun recording it, and it was awesome to see you guys enjoy it. We got actually more plays than I expected out of that episode. Because, you know, those game-specific, you know, there's lots of people that haven't played Death Stranding yet. They wanted to refrain from any spoilers, that kind of stuff. But we still did pretty decent with that episode. So uh, if you guys want to see those kinds of episodes in the future, you know, Give us some feedback on what we could do, maybe structuring the episode a little different um, to make it easier for you guys to listen to. But we want to maybe do that in the future with some of the big AAA releases uh, next year, you know, like Final Fantasy VII, Cyberpunk 2077, big games like that. We might do a game-specific, you know, review episode and just talk about that game in an entire episode. So make sure you let us know on what you thought of that. Uh, Yeah. And then yesterday, um, we aired a a special mini episode of Games Are Fun, where my nephews came on to the show to talk about some of their favorite games. Uh, So it would mean a lot to to me and them if you could take the time to check out that episode. It was really fun to record. Uh, 
it's great to kind of hear perspective from kids and their take on video games and stuff. And they're just, they're, they're, they're funny guys. They, um, it, it, was, it was so funny because we were, it was so hard not to laugh at so many moments because they just say the silliest things. Um, so yeah, you can go back and check out that episode. Next week is going to be a bit different. Our episode is not going to air on Tuesday, but instead it's going to be airing Sunday morning, December 22nd. And the reason why is because we want one more week to kind of finish up some video games and then we're going to record our game of the year discussion. So basically we're going to be giving all of our, our favorite games of the year. We're going to have uh, your brother, St- is Steven still able to come on? Do you know? As far as I know, yes. Okay, yeah. So we'll have Steven back and we're going to have Garrett back who were on the show just a couple weeks ago. And then, of course, me and Adam. And we're all just going to list some of our favorite games. We have some categories of, you know, best indie game, that kind of stuff. So that's going to be a really big episode. It's going to be the last episode of the year before we take a couple weeks off to, you know, for the holidays. And then we'll pick things back up in 2020. So that's kind of what next week looks like. So you can kind of prepare for that gives you something to kind of listen to over the holidays so really excited to record that it's the probably my last year it was my favorite episode to record just looking back at all the games we played this year and um yeah so looking forward to it all right so let's just jump right into this week's topics and so let's start off with sony's state of play so before we get into the announcements adam i just wanted to get your impressions of what did you think of this state of play that sony aired yesterday it wasn't good (laughs) (laughs) you know i felt bad criticizing them after their first one because of how uh sort of very corporate and uh lifeless it felt yeah and also kind of the the lack of i guess kind of big big announcements Mm -hmm. but um it, it hasn't gotten any better, and, and this is, what, their third one now? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, so everyone, the, the argument I keep hearing is, well, Nintendo Directs weren't great at first either. It's like, okay, yeah, that's true, but um, when when PlayStation is basically, like, aping uh, Nintendo Direct, like, almost beat for beat, yeah, like, it almost feels like it'd be hard to screw up, but somehow they're still doing it, and it's just not, none of them have really been great. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I there's definitely still room for improvement. I mean, there were some some neat games that they showed, uh, but it just it still felt kind of lifeless and it didn't have that kind of charm that Nintendo seems to bring with their directs. So I think that's that's what they need to do is they, they kind of have a good format. They just need to bring a bit more personality to it. I totally agree. It like when they made the changeover even to I think this one and then the last just the the look of the state of play kind of copying, you know, previous Nintendo direct design and stuff of the, you know, scrolling to the right and having like a thumbnail and then jumping into talking about it. It's just, yeah, it doesn't, it's not original. It, it's not very exciting to watch in that way. I think if they, they come with some originality and put a little more life into it, it would be, you know, funner to watch because, you know, I understand like you can't bring crazy announcements to every single presentation like this, but just add some some uniqueness to it to make it a little bit more enjoyable to watch, I guess. Because, yeah, I, w- I woke up early to watch it, which was like 7 o'clock my time because it was 6 a.m. <laughs> Pacific time. And, yeah, it just it was like, wow, <laughs> why did I get up for this kind of thing? I could have just waited and watched it on YouTube mm-hmm. when I woke up, right? right? So 
it, it's really important that I think they they keep working on these to hopefully make it so that it, it gives people a reason like, hey, I want to watch this live while it's happening um, so that I can can get those announcements right then and there, right? So let's go into some of the announcements. Uh, there wasn't, to be honest with you, the the announcements that were there were pretty light. Like I thought there were going to be a little bit more because they're finishing off their year mm-hmm. and I thought we would maybe have more look into 2020. And we did get a little bit of that. We had some, you know, big announcements, but there was also some just fluff in there that really didn't really matter. It just is like, oh, we need to put, we don't have enough to to make this a state of play. So we got to put in these, you know, a couple things in there to, to make right. it a little longer. At least that's how I felt with it. But let's, let's start off. So this is in no, I'm going to try to, uh, I'm just using an article from Kotaku to help my memory. So it's not in any particular order of when they're announced or anything. But the first thing that was shown was Untitled Goose Game is coming to PlayStation 4. That's how they started this state of play, which is pretty good. Uh, an indie game that came out just a little while ago and was pretty well received by a lot of people and was making rounds on the internet for with lots of memes and stuff like that. So that's, that's a good score for PlayStation 4. Um, it's coming to the console on December 17th that being said right after the state of play aired (laughs) xbox game pass tweeted out that until goose game was coming to game pass so i mean like (laughs) it's like okay i guess if you just own a playstation 4 then that's great you can now play that game but i'm like sweet i was gonna pick it up on my switch i'm glad i held off a little bit now i'll just yeah try it on game pass so Uh, you played untitled goose game didn't you a little bit yep yeah what did, what did I, you think about it? I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a relaxing sort of game. It's, um, you know, mostly just you being a jerk to <laughs> everyone you come across. Yeah. And uh, you sort of have like a to-do list as you go through. And, and uh, so the way you annoy people um, is all these things are part of this list. So as you do it, it crosses it off the list. And then you kind of move to uh, the next area or level uh, to annoy the next group of people and, and cross off your to-do list there. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't beat it. I'm on the last level. It, it kind of got to a point where it's like I had enough Untitled Goose Game. Like I didn't feel like I needed to right. to beat it. Yeah. Um, I did end up watching the ending of it. I'm kind of glad I didn't go through the end because the very last, I don't know if you saw it or not, um, but the very last bit of the game just looks challenging as hell oh really so like the whole the the whole rest of the game like i said very casual very light very goofy and the last bit you're trying to the the game just really i feel like ramps up difficulty and and at least makes it seem like um there's a lot of challenge there at the kind of the final final task that you do mm-hmm. and um so I don't know how much margin of error there is on that because what I watched, it was just someone, it was basically, it was a speed run of the game. So there was no mistakes or hiccups or anything. So I don't know what happens if you screw it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I saw that and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I don't really need to beat the game sure. now. Yeah. I was on the last level anyway. So yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. There, it looks like one of those games that, it, 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 it's funny because it, it's one, it's definitely one of those games you kind of play 
it's only a couple hours long and then you put it down and you probably don't ever touch it again right and so that's why i'm kind of glad it's coming to game pass because then i can just kind of jump in for for free but at any rate it's cool that it's all on all consoles now so and then we got an announcement for spell break which is a new battle royale game um it's starting a closed beta again don't really know too much about that uh what else do we have we had the probably the most exciting thing in the show kingdom hearts 3 dlc expansion is coming with new characters and battles on january 23rd 2020 a little bit of sarcasm there just because i don't i really don't care about kingdom hearts and the anytime they show kingdom hearts i just like tune out completely because their trailers are weird and Mm-hmm. this one in fairness didn't have weird audio issues that so many previous trailers for kingdom hearts 3 had um i think there was That's a little true. bit of that but it wasn't like as as weird as it has been in the past and and this uh, from my understanding leaked before um hand i think, I think you're right yeah uh, anyways uh dreams is going to be leaving its preview beta and it's going to be releasing on February 14th, 2020. They actually just announced, I think last week was your last chance to pick a, up the, the preview or what's it called? The Dreams Beta or Preview Program. Uh, early version. Access. Early Access. I'm like blinking on the word. I just kept throwing things <laughs> out there. Uh, yeah, their Dreams had an Early Access that released earlier this year. And now they've put a ton of content into it. And now it's going to get its full release. So all those people who took a chance on it, went into early access, will now have the full version when it releases. And they pay far less than, I'm sure, what that game's going to release at. But it's great to see that that game is finally getting a release. Like, when that game was announced, it just, there were so many, you know, years that went by that was like, is this game canceled? Is anything happening with this? I remember seeing it for the first time and thinking that's really, really cool. And within the last couple of years, we've seen more of it. And so, yeah, I'm just happy to see that we got a release date for it. That's really cool. Yeah, I might actually pick it up too. Yeah. Not to, I'm not interested in creating anything. Yeah, but me I either. keep hearing about how great some of these user created games are, uh, like stuff. little games are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in it. And I think that that's that's what is so great about Dreams is like you're you're catering to two different audiences. There, you can go in there and just have access to all these awesome games. And then if you have a more creative side or interested in building games, you know, that's something that you could look at as well. So really neat. So a couple other things were Paper Beast, which is a PlayStation VR game where, again, it was just kind of a cinematic type gameplay type trailer of these kind of weird, I guess, paper looking animals. It looked really weird. It's just like another, okay, great. I have no clue what that is, but that's a game. <laughs> um, and that's coming in the first quarter of 2020. We also got a release date for the Predator game. So this was previously revealed. I Actually, if I'm not mistaken, was this announced at a state of play this year? It might have been. Yeah, I, I, I know one. I definitely saw it before. I just can't remember where it was yeah. shown. Because I know that they they had something at gamescom and but it had already been announced by then I, yeah i think it was the first state of play so that's cool we got a release date for it. that's april 24th 2020 again it's in that crowded time of year where you got march mm-hmm. april may there's so many games coming out yeah. so it looks cool though i i liked playing friday the 13th um it was super janky 
but this looks much more polished. So it's the same kind of idea, you know, one person plays as the predator, the other t uh, players basically are trying to take the predator down. It's kind of cool because the people who um, aren't the predator are in first person. And as you play as the predator, you're in third person. So that first person, third person is kind of neat. So yeah, that, that's exciting. We got new footage from Platinum Games Babylon's Fall which is uh, published by Square Enix. And this is the first time I think we've seen this game since it was announced at a Square Enix press conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was at a uh, E3, I think. Uh, not this past E3, but the one before. Before that, right. So I was a little disappointed when I saw this because yeah. when they, they had, it was a very uh, lore-based trailer mm -hmm. uh, in that, that original reveal right. um, where it kind of, you know, displayed some dates and I maybe like a little blurb to go along with it. Um, so I was expecting, I mean, this, this is a very platinum game through and through. Yeah. And I think I was, I was maybe just hoping there was going to be more, more square Enix in it than, yeah. than there appears to be like, it just, it looks like more platinum. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to need to see more yeah, um, to, to really make an informed decision, but I am a little disappointed because it is just, that super actiony style game and i was hoping for more rpg yeah i guess no i agree and i think that because it had has been such a long time i'm sure there was a lot of people that didn't even didn't even remember that that game was previously announced uh, <laughs> right it took me like a couple seconds for like babylon's i'm like oh okay and then i clued in but it the trailer is like you're it's been a while since you've talked about this and now you're this is the second time you're talking about since you've announced it you know the trailer that they showed it was just like some gameplay and it was very generic looking like you said it looked like a platinum game which is great mm -hmm. but if you're you know and who knows maybe that game is really far out and they because they at the end of the thing they said they'll talk about it next summer or something like that or something like that so you can kind right. of expect that we're going to hear more about it at e3 next year but my my guess is that it's probably not even going to come to, you know, the if if we had such a limited look at it and they they're, they're not putting any sort of release day on, and they're like, hey, we're going to talk about it more <laughs> next year. Then I think it's probably just going to come to PS5 and you know Xbox Scarlet or whatever. Right. But. Uh, all right. So Superliminal, which is a perspective and physics based puzzle game which I remember seeing this game somewhere else. I don't know where I was or what I was doing. This <laughs> might've been, this might've been a, um, was it in the kind of funny showcase for E3? It's possible. Yeah. I, I, I know I've watched like that trailer before. And it was either I, that or it was, uh, if it wasn't that I would, I would guess it was probably Xboxes. Yeah. Uh, E3. I, I'm almost positive it was E3 this past year, though. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking it looked cool then and still yeah. thinking it looks cool. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's coming to PS4, but no date announced. Uh, and then the biggest announcement out of this entire state of play, and no sarcasm, is Resident Evil 3 Remake is coming to PlayStation 4 on April 3rd, 2020. And it's actually going to be the campaign mode of Project Resistance. So they kind of, again, it's, it's unfortunate this leaked right before, yeah. like I think last week at some point, uh, Sony had put up 
Resident Evil 3 on the, I think it was on the PlayStation Store or something it like was, that. It was, yeah, on the back end, yeah. I, I think. And people found it. And there was already rumors circulating before that was posted. Um, so once it was posted, it's like, okay, it's for sure done. There was already rumors circulating and then something like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a matter. And then a lot of people thought it was at Game Awards. And then Jeff Keighley was like, it's nothing's been spoiled yet for the Game Awards. So as of this writing, and at that point, that was already, you know, popped up so we're like okay i wonder when this is going to get announced and then once i saw that sony was doing a state of play i'm like okay bingo that's where that's going to be announced right (laughs) so i'm really excited for this i thought it was a it's a really smart idea to because that project resistance game was revealed this year it's this kind of online like four person cooperative game uh like first person shooter and traditionally, those kinds of games in the Resident Evil universe don't really do well. That's not what the hardcore RE fans want. They want, you know, major entries into the franchise. And so when that was initially announced, people were like, okay, cool, that's great. We did get RE2 remake earlier this year. But the fact that we're getting that little chunk there and then a full remake of the third Resident Evil is just incredible. Like, I think this is crazy that we're like a year and like two or three months from RE2 remake and then we're getting RE3 remake like it just blows my mind that there's there was that turnaround it makes you think like how how long have they been working on this um you know are we going are they going to continue this are we going to get Resident Evil 4 remake you know um did you ever did you play Resident Evil 2 remake I did not no uh Resident Evil was was never really a series that that resonated too much with me it's it's interesting because I find the Resident Evil franchise really interesting because it's kind of like split up into different kinds of games in a sense because it mm-hmm. you know has been around for so long. And you have like those original games from the early PlayStation days and then you kind of have those newer ones like 4. Well, 4 really resonates with some people. And then you have 5 and 6 where the franchise kind of went into more action. Then you kind of got this reboot with Resident Evil 7 um, and now going back into <laughs> remaking some of the older games in the same engine. So it, it's really cool. I I was in the same boat growing up. I never played Resident Evil, but I always liked horror games. And so I hated playing, re- go, trying to play the Resident Evil games, uh, even like the GameCube remakes, because the tank controls are t- terrible. Like I hated them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan of playing games like that. Uh, but I have to say like Resident Evil 2 remake was like, incredible like i i guarantee if you played it you you would like it because it's just like an action adventure game with horror elements put in there Mm -hmm. um it looks like incredible and i just i really like this remake on how um there is lots of lots to see with it like they they just they totally changed the game um it wasn't like they put a fresh coat of paint on it they they really they had that camera angle from over the shoulder like from Resident Evil 4 and 5 and 6 and such. And that was such a, it just changed the game drastically that it felt like something new and fresh. So yeah, I, I'm going to be talking about it a bit more next week. Um, I'll gush about it then because we're going to be talking about our game of the years, but <laughs> yeah, really, really cool. Awesome announcement. Um, and it, it's great. That's, this is something that's coming so soon too. So and then lastly, there was a little like 30 second trailer of uh, Ghost of Tsushima. 
And it was kind of a cool trailer, but it was like super short <laughs> because mm-hmm. it ended saying, hey, we're going to see more at the Game Awards. So I, I love this article, how they wrote this in on Kotaku. They said, finally, Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima will have a more complete trailer at the Game Awards. Cool. <laughs> in other words, it's like, okay, like, again, I, I don't really like those kinds of things because it's like, yeah. well, who cares? But I guess Sony maybe felt that they needed to have that and one more thing kind of thing. Right. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, as far as the, the one more thing like Nintendo usually does, this was not a very exciting one more thing. Yeah. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I'm super pumped for this game and I've been looking forward to it ever since they uh, showed it off at, at E3 a couple years ago. But to, to have that little 30 second trailer that showed literally nothing, um, just seemed really pointless to me like i don't understand why that was there like if you're just going to show all of it at game awards like just show the whole thing there exactly it's it's probably just a marketing thing to get people to tune in on the game awards um, right which anytime you know companies do that it's kind of like okay great (laughs) like yeah it it was a a weird way to end the show for sure i'm curious if they maybe had that resident evil i don't know it, it like that would have if that didn't spoil and they ended with a re3 remake announcement at the end like that would have you know i think it would have actually left people feeling that the state of play was better than it was you know yeah like if that could have if it wasn't spoiled that could have been there one more thing yeah exactly. that would have got people to kind of you know lose their minds yeah and get, so. get hype moment for sure so yeah i mean it's and and that's the thing about nintendo is like nintendo stuff doesn't ever really leak mm-hmm. so that's that's why we always get those big surprises and it's and it's a big deal yeah because you know they keep things so so close to their vest and yeah um and you know this could have you know this story with the state of play could have gone a whole different way mm-hmm. had we not known about resident evil 3 ahead of time so yeah absolutely so that was the state of play again very meh but it's better than nothing i guess i I yeah that's true i always like every time i watch one even even this one it's like why don't you just put these other like trailers up on youtube but it's that same thing of like okay well then no one would watch them right but yeah it's they could just go back to having psx you know (laughs) right yeah that would be great (laughs) but we'll see i don't know it's uh i think they're in for for the long run on these now um yeah I think next year they could, they definitely could tweak them and change them up and improve just like Nintendo did with theirs. Um, you know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that ever since they announced that they were going to do these, I was really excited, but we're now, however, whatever is the third one, just still like the last one to me even felt more enjoyable to watch, but I just, yeah, I have not been as excited to watch them as I have like a Nintendo direct presentation. So all right, let's move on to something more fun to talk about, and that is Nintendo's Indie <laughs> World presentation. So this is, I think, the second Indie World, like under that title, mm-hmm. Direct, that we have gotten. Uh, they introduced that this year. We talked about the first one on the show. They've had an Indie Showcase. I think they've changed it to Indie World. I've listened to some other people in the industry talk about it. Is they Indie Directs... Um, Nintendo, like I think in the UK it was Nintendo Indie Showcase. We had Nindies in North America. 
different things in Japan. I think it makes mm-hmm. sense. Let's just call it Indie World because we got all these games from all across the world. And I really like the pre- overall presentation of these this this indie direct um kind of a cool little intro setting the stage and then just jumping right into things you know i like the quick you know sometimes we'll have like the developer talking here's this game and then they show it other times it's like let's just show the game have that surprise reveal and then we'll have like a quick you know 30 second talk about it real quick and then move on it's very snappy i mean at this point nintendo has got it together i really enjoyed the presentation thought it was so thought it was really good how about you yeah i liked it a lot they had they had a lot of things that they showed that really spoke to me and like were things that you know i was really interested in more so mm-hmm. than you know what playstation had yeah and um i'm kind of excited to talk about some of these some of these yeah. games that they showed off absolutely so let's go let's get into it then so the first thing that was announced was a sequel to Nintendo Switch exclusive RPG Golf Story. And the sequel is called Sports Story. So it's going to have more than golf. There's some other sports being added to it. Some tennis, volleyball, soccer, um, and then lots of other elements to it as well, like dungeon exploring. Yeah, you've played Golf Story, correct? Yeah, I loved Golf Story. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes me a little nervous about this because they, I, I feel like they hit a total home run with Golf Story, and I'm a little worried that they might try and do too much here. Yeah. Or it might not have that same kind of kind of magic that Golf Story had. Right. I. That's kind of what I thought. I haven't played Golf Story. It's it's on my wish list. I've oh, just. So good. I've heard so <laughs> many good things about it. I know just watching, uh, having watched it, I it's going to be a game that's up my alley, but just a matter of finding the time to to pick it up and play it but for my my opinion on watching this is like this is a great announcement this was a big announcement definitely one of the Mm -hmm. biggest in the presentation but yeah there i was a little like okay there's a lot going on out on here like they were showing a ton of stuff in the trailer so i'm hoping that it's very unified and all works together i guess Mm because sometimes when you try to do too much it can kind of sour things a little bit but you know they had the formula right with the last one of mixing this kind of, you know, pixel sports game with RPG elements and, and story and stuff. So that's, it's a really neat concept and very original, I think. So, yeah. Secondly, we got a reveal of, so was this the first time we so, saw, saw this or was, cause I feel like I already knew about this. So the game was known. I think it was the, the addition of the character that, that wasn't previously known. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at an article here. This is Mustafa Muhammad at kitguru.net. Uh, never even heard of this website, but they were the only website that had things in the order they were announced. Every like IGN and Kotaku, they're like, here's the 10 biggest. I'm like, no, I want all of them in order. Like, <laughs> is that so much to, hard to, yeah, get. Um, so yeah, Adam Hunter will be returning to the series. So I've never, I've played Streets of Rage. I don't know anything about the series. So it's, yeah, it's, it looks really, really great. Um, and it's going to be coming in the first half of 2020. And then we got a look at Gleamlight, which is a side-scrolling action platformer um, with the main character having the ability to transform themselves into a sword, I guess. Uh, there's kind of 
the aesthetic there of stained glass too and like kind of crystals in the background it looked a lot like hollow knight to me yeah that's kind mm-hmm. of the artistic design that it reminded me of and that's going to be coming in the first half of 2020 or early 2020 yeah uh next announcement was bacon switch <laughs> and this is kind of like a kind of like a cooperative overcooked but it looks a lot simpler um you can have four people on there and your job i guess is to bake dough is is kind of what i gather is you're grabbing dough throwing it in flames and stuff looks like a fun party game if you have some friends over and stuff like that yeah. um also <laughs> the the so the pub the developer came on beforehand and was like kind of teasing <laughs> by like eating food right. before announcement which was really weird to me but um he was kind of owning this. He's like, this is a choice we're making of how we're going to announce it. And he owned it. And I was like, okay, I got to respect that. But the next game that we... a little hungry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. The next game we got was, I think both of us, we were probably one of the coolest games in the whole direct presentation. That's Super Smash. Not Super Smash Brothers. Um, it's called Super Smash. And, and it's it, just Super Mash. Oh, Super Mash. Right. I was yeah. like... I kept, so I was trying to, after I saw it, I typed it in. I just kept getting Super Smash Brothers articles. I'm like, what's going on Mm -hmm. here? Okay, Super Mash. There's no S after the R. Super Mash uh, is going to be a game about building games. So you're going to be able to, basically, they show the trailer. You can take different genres. You got RPG. um, (laughs) That's it. No, RPG, like taking different... uh, (laughs) genres and styles of games and being able to create these games uh, the announcement trailer itself was super super cool to watch because they showed all these different styles of games mm-hmm. um, all with very unique art styles there was no game that kind of looked like another one because um, when they announced it I'm like hey it's going to be a game creator i'm like awesome i love games like that and you know, how generic is it going to be? And then they start showing it and it's like, wow, there's a lot, a lot to this. I almost kind of thought like, I'm, I'm not sure how, how well it will all work together, but um, yeah, that game is coming onto the Nintendo Switch in May, 2020. And you were, you messaged uh, me today saying that it's currently on PC or is coming to PC. Yeah. So it's, it's already out on the Epic game store. Gotcha. Okay. Um, for twenty four ninety nine, I think, which okay. has me super tempted because yeah. I'm I'm like really anxious to play this game. And it's mm-hmm. not coming to Switch till May twenty twenty, so it's like, what do I want? To, like, I don't play on PC very often, yeah, um, just because it's not always the most accessible any yeah. given evening. Like, it's not as easy to to jump on the PC as it is on the Switch or mm-hmm. even sometimes PS four or something like that. But um, it just looks really great. Like, there's so many. Like, it, it kind of give you a, a brief look at the uh, the different uh options of of games that you can kind of combine and you know i i just kept thinking to myself like you know what what would this and this make or what would this or that make Mm -hmm. and uh just thinking about the the different possibilities and it's funny when the trailer first started i'm like i thought it was like a builder game like you build the game and then other people can play it and i'm like eh, i think i'm out on that yeah and then you watch the trailer and you see it's just you just pick two two genres and it builds a game for you right there and i'm like Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I want this right now because yeah. I'm just thinking like, again, like all the possibilities that it that it could make. And then uh, he even showed he's like he had a little little uh, note card and he wrote down, I guess you can um, kind of get like a 
like a seed code for whatever yeah. game you make yeah. if you really like it. And he's like, when you get this game, give this a try. Right. Um, so I have to make a, um, make a mental note to go back, to go back and yeah. that seed and, and see what that, what game that was that totally. he was so excited about. But yeah. I'm really excited for this game. And there's a very strong possibility that I'm going to cave. I don't even have an Epic Game Store account, but <laughs> I want to make one just, just to for, get this game. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and it, it's a game that doesn't look super like you need a high-end pc either so if you oh right yeah like i i'm i'm just assuming so based on like it's not like you're playing cyberpunk 2077 and need this (laughs) crazy rig but um yeah that so it's accessible right now um Mm -hmm. if you have a pc you can give it a shot but yeah it looks really cool i i just looked it up on nintendo's website um so they have like six genres to mix and match um, so platformer, action adventure, shoot 'em up, Met- uh, Metrovania, stealth, and JRPG, and then you can customize your games with dev cards. So that can you can customize elements of each game you make, like enemies, players, mechanics, environments, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a cool way to do it, I think. Rather than giving yeah. like it's like get thing get get collectibles or whatever that you can kind of put into your game to completely change them up is really neat so i did notice too um in the trailer there was i don't know if it's like a little hub world or something it almost kind of looked like a sim game yeah right. but in the very bottom right hand corner there was a uh it was a, a prompt that was that just said quick mash oh okay. so i guess if you don't feel like trying to decide what two games to mash together like you just it'll hit that just quick mash you, and i yeah. guess it'll just do one yeah yeah, just kind of randomly select two genres and Mm -hmm. go to town for yes so yeah looks really cool next we have the talos talos principle which is a first person puzzle game uh that's making its way to switch and it's actually available for purchase right now this is actually a game that i've played on my playstation 4 it looks really good if you like puzzle games like portal or just any or the witness those first person puzzle games I highly recommend it. Then we got a game called Sailforth, which is a naval combat game in a procedurally generated world. And that's coming out sometime in 2020. Dauntless, which is basically a free-to-play Monster Hunter game, which has been available on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It was announced for Nintendo Switch and now it has been released so it's actually available to download right now you can play dauntless and i actually because you played dauntless did you not i did yep. yeah and i remember you saying that it was pretty pretty good i had it downloaded on my playstation 4 and i never opened it once for whatever reason i just <laughs> things came up and i just got carried away with other games and now that's on the switch and super accessible like i'm leaving town next week and have a couple flights and i'll be able to you know well i won't be able to play that game but on the airplane but you know waiting in the airport that kind of stuff i'll be able to play it so that's neat murder by numbers is a visual novel crossed with pick cross and that's coming to switch on early 2020 then we got odd world's strangers wrath which was a original xbox game it's a HD remaster and it's coming to the Switch on January 2020. Skatebird, we got a trailer for that. Um, 
I'm actually really excited for this game because we haven't had good skateboarding games. And then you <laughs> mix it with these like cute ass birds on skateboards doing kickflips and stuff like that. I'm totally down. <laughs> I want this game so bad, like just to be able to play it, but it's going to be coming out. I think they even said like late 2020 or fall yep. 2020. Yeah, it's pretty like far that. out. Yeah. Boyfriend Dungeon is a dungeon crawler game. Um, but the player character's weapons being able to transform to a number of different potential boyfriends for you to date. So if you if that's your thing, you got that game. <laughs> um, Dreamscaper, dungeon crawler, slash brawler, slash top-down shooter, puzzle elements. Um, that's a game coming in 2020. Then we got The Survivalist, which is in set in the Scapist universe. I, I laugh because I was watching Kind of Funnies, like watch along and Greg just laughed out loud when they're like set in the escapist universe, like <laughs> matching the, you know, the star Wars universe or the MCU or something like yeah. that. Um, but that's cool. If you, I I've played the escapist, the first one, and it's kind of a neat game. And visually this game looks really cool. Like the perspective and uh, the depth of field and everything of the environment and the characters look really, really good in my opinion. Um, so yeah, it's going to be like a survival game, you know, lots of crafting, there's co-op play and that's coming in 2020. And finally, this was our one more thing for the indie world. And that was the real reveal of Axiom Verge 2, which is a sequel obviously to the first game. And it's going to be releasing in fall 2020. Adam, have you played Axiom Verge? I did. I didn't beat it though. Okay. Um, it was it was a pretty neat game, Metroid, very very much like a Metroid game. Yeah. And um, uh, the issue I got kind of hung up on when I was playing it is is anytime I had to backtrack, um, the backtracking was so terrible in that oh, game because really? you you go all over the place and you know you hit your dead ends kind of like you do in a Metroid game every now and then. But I feel like Metroid has a has a good way of connecting environments a lot better mm-hmm. uh, to where even if you even if you end up in a completely different place than you're supposed to be. Usually there's at least something for you to do or a way for you to get back to the place you need to go. Mm-hmm. And in this, I felt like I was just, I had to backtrack um, like basically like almost screen by screen, every single screen to get back to where I needed to go. And then uh, if I hit a dead end, that was usually it, like nothing else for me to, to check out at the time. It was just, it, it really drew the game out and it got to a point where I'm just like, I don't even really want to do this anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I remember hearing good things about it. I've never really been into Metroidvanias. I'm, I'm getting myself more accustomed to them now and finding that I actually enjoy them. For, for me, the hardest part was the, the whole point of them is going back to areas um, that you weren't able to access before and stuff. Um, and for me, it's just like trying to keep like if a game, if you're playing a Metroidvania that doesn't do a good job at, you know, reminding you or showing you what what you can go back to and stuff like that. I find it really hard to remember, you know, oh, there was that door from way back early in the game. Maybe I should go back there, you know, depending on how big the game is. Um, so I've never any time there's been a Metroidvania that's even well received like axiom verge i've always kind of been like skeptical because it's a genre that i'm not super familiar with but 
I have heard good things about it. Um, now I have a year to essentially that if I w- <laughs> want to play that second one, I, I can play the first one and get caught up. But does the this one look like way different than the f- first one? Is there like a, a it's I, I'm, it looks kind of like the same art style, but like in terms of the environment, did you get any new vibes from this one? I thought it looked significantly different, like yeah. even in the way that it plays a little bit, like it oh, okay. didn't look as much like a Metroidvania as the first one did. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe as we see more down the road on it, like new trailers and stuff like that, like it might come together a little bit more, but this looked almost more just like straight up kind of action, action platformer more so than a Metroidvania. But, um, you know, like I said, we'll understand it a little bit more mm-hmm. as we, we get more information on it. Yeah. So that was the Nintendo's Indie World ending off 2019 on a pretty strong note, I would say. The only thing is, is I felt that a lot of the announcements were, you know, 2020, which still is weird because whenever you're in December, it's like, whoa, that's still like a year away. But we're like a, a month and we're going to be into 2020. But I felt like a lot of it's like it's coming in 2020, coming in 2020. There wasn't a lot of like, hey, this game's coming out, like not even months. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is expect this then which is really weird um but again they're indie games right so who knows maybe some of them are far along and it's just like a month and they're like hey this game comes out in two weeks right or you know maybe they're still have a lot to work on and aren't ready to even give much of a timeline for when we'll see them but nonetheless we didn't get a lot of um like available today type announcements i mean aside from dauntless like that's you know usually nintendo is pretty much like you usually get at least two from these yeah. type of things and you know all we all we had was dauntless which isn't bad like it's it's a fun game and a lot of people are going to enjoy that on switch i think as long as it plays well but yeah. uh would have been nice if they had you know little something that would like one more available today type game yeah they had yeah i guess dauntless oh Ta- talus principle was the other one that was available oh okay yeah. okay um but again people aren't probably dying to play that game in in, in all honesty, like if you have a really good PC or a PS4 or something like that, just play it on there because if you're that game looks really good, but again, it's a puzzle game. It's not going to speak to a lot of people. Right. But I agree. There's nothing better than it's available right now. You can pull, pull it up, but it, it was in an indie direct. So I give them a little bit more, you know, lean way. If it was a bigger normal direct, I think we would have more of those. Yeah, out, out right now kind of announcements. So and we might we might even get something like that at the Game Awards too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Nintendo usually has has a presence there. So. Totally. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was Nintendo's Indie World. Let's move on to talking about the best games of the decade. I think we have time for that. So obviously, it's 2019. We're, we're sunsetting the this 10 year from 2010. We're starting a new decade. And so a lot of people have kind of been looking back at the last 10 years and looking at some of the, the best things we got. Um, in terms of video games, there was a lot of video games that came out in the last 10 years that were really impactful and some of the best video games of all time, I would argue. So what I wanted to do is kind of go back and forth between the two of us and just kind of talk about some games that we thought were really impactful in the last 10 years, or maybe it was a a favorite game that you had within the last 10 years. It's really, there's no real criteria. Just want to kind of take a look back in video game history and 
talk a little bit about you know some of those games so adam do you have uh, a game to start us off with yeah i think uh the the one probably to to start off with is um I guess kind of a twofer because um, we had two games from the same series drop this decade mm-hmm. and uh, both amazing games were Persona 5 and Persona 4 Golden. Right. Yeah. Uh, which are some of the absolute best RPG experiences that, that you can get uh, ever. So <laughs> um, those were definitely big standouts for me. Yeah. Did you do you have a pre like I know Persona 5? Well, your Twitter image is Joker. So, are do yeah. are you? Would you put Persona Five over Four Golden? Uh, despite the image on Twitter, uh, Persona Four Golden's an easy pick over Five. Interesting. For me. Okay. Yeah. So, as somebody who I play probably fifteen twenty hours of Persona Five, which is probably only like ten percent of that freaking game. Um, <laughs> what is it about Persona Four Golden? Because I like. Comparing the two, what is it about that one that you kind of hold above the the fifth one? I think I'm in the minority here, but I actually liked the the story a little bit better. Mm. Um, I felt like there was kind of more at stake in in that game in yeah. terms of like the main story. Um, I liked the characters a little bit better, like your main party group. Um, the even the side characters, I think I liked maybe just a little bit. No. It, Mm. <laughs> I think side characters I'd probably give to Persona 5, but like your main party, um, I think Persona 4, I just kind of ended up liking them better. Yeah. Uh, the music, I think, was slightly better in Persona 4, um, if you can believe that, because Persona 5 was just so good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Persona 4 soundtrack is just incredible. Like, that's that's a soundtrack that I easily go back to, and I'll listen to every once in a while because the music's just that good. Mm-hmm. Um every every track in that game is a banger um <laughs> the persona 5 I, I mean obviously it has the benefit of being the newer game but um it looks better um probably has has a better style factor to it yeah but i think just you know gameplay is pretty equal between them there's really not a ton of major differences between the two um but yeah, it really just comes down to to liking the main story a little bit better, liking yeah. the main characters a little bit better, and then liking the soundtrack. Like those those things kind of kind of came together and just made a absolutely fantastic experience. Nice, that's awesome. I I hope at some point in time I can. Well, we're getting that Persona Five Royal Edition next. Mm-hmm. When is it? March, I think, uh, or something th- like that. Yeah, April? March or yeah. April. And I, I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this is a chance for me to jump on it again. But it's, I just want them to like bring <laughs> it to Switch because it'd be like, it's so long that it'd be great to have. It really portable. would be, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I should hold off a little longer. Who knows? But I, I did play like, like I said, 15, 20 hours. So I'm familiar with it. And it just, I the reason why is because I checked out the library and um, it was still when the game was fairly new. And so you can renew the stuff if there's no holds on um, copies and there was holds. So I had to return it. And then I went trying to get it back again. I went back in line by like 50 spots. I'm like, okay, oh, I'll wow. just, there's no way I'm even, even if I get it for another three <laughs> weeks, I'm going to be able to beat it. So yeah, for me, I'm going to do kind of a, a twofer as well. 
Um, both very different in certain senses, but both games that I would argue were probably my, yeah, they were my favorite game in both years that they came out. And that's the first Red Dead Redemption. Or did Red Dead, no, did that come out in 2009? Maybe it came out in 2009. Let me look up. I think it might have been before 2010. Let's see. Uh, did it, uh, well, give me one second here. Uh, no, it came out on May 18th, 2010. Oh, so, right. and then eight, <laughs> eight years later, we got the second one. So, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption, the first one, I remember have you know, obviously big rock star fan. I had played Bully. I had played all the Grand Theft Auto games and this was Grand Theft Auto in the Wild Wild West, and I got it th- as soon as it came out, and it was a game that I just spent so much time playing. I, I was still in high school at the time, and there was uh, nights where I just literally pulled all-nighters and probably <laughs> <laughs> looked like I was... I probably didn't do very well in classes the next day, but I just <laughs> being remember. I remember being so like consumed by it that... I couldn't put it down. Just exploring that world was incredible. And then fast forward eight years, getting Red Dead Redemption 2. The prequel to the game was really, really neat. I know it wasn't everybody's, you know, favorite game, but there's no doubt, there's no denying that I think that game was, you know, very impactful in on the industry. And it did a lot of things that we ha- hadn't seen in games before. Like the world was so empty but like immersive at the same time um i really enjoyed being able to ride my horse around from place to place and just enjoying the landscape and the environment it was very therapeutic to me i love the story i love the characters i love that how they bridged the red dead redemption 2 to the original game Mm because like i said it was a prequel to it and when it was announced as a prequel to be honest with you i was a little like okay um that makes since I we can we'll get to to see John again. I really liked him as a character, uh, but then as we got closer to, him, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. But yeah, I if you were <laughs> game enough to play the entire thing and then also into the epilogue, it uh, it does a really good job at setting up that world for when Red Dead Redemption starts. So you never Red Dead Two never meshed with you, did it? No, it didn't. Yeah, it was just, um, you know, I guess too too much riding around and, and too much kind of micromanaging of, yeah. of the, the character. And it just kind of didn't ever pull me in. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I'm, that's, I think, what a, a lot of people's criticisms were of that game. First one was awesome. though. Yeah, I, I went back and played the first one after I rolled, like completed the the epilogue on the second one because i'm like oh well let's just pick things up here and it was so weird going back because i had gotten so used to having to do such detailed things like uh, you know um haircut going back to camp doing all those things that it was like playing a different game i was like whoa these games are very different in a certain sense so i can understand where fans were such a big fans of the original going into this one and being like, Oh, this, this is a, a lot of change that I don't necessarily like. Right. So, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I, I would consider them like, I like them probably more than grand theft auto. Like I think there's rockstar's best video games they've ever made for sure. All right. 
How about another game? Uh, I next one I think I'd have to go uh, Bloodborne. Nice. So kind of the uh, I, I think the real star of the the Souls like games. Um, it, it had a really nice fast combat compared to the Dark Souls game. Um, it just the the weapons were cool, like the little trick weapons where it kind of had each weapon had like an alternate form to it. And just kind of switching between those forms was was just so fluid and so unique and so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the environments were awesome. That kind of Lovecraftian uh, world that that they put you in was yeah. was super cool. And it is it, definitely still for me like the best Souls type game. And I, I just had a blast with it. Mm-hmm. And I felt awesome for, for being able to beat it and yeah. platinum it. So, I mean, that's part of it too. It's a big but, achievement. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that game just was just really, really well done mm-hmm. and it, it was high, high quality game through and through. So would you, I'm assuming if they announced a bloodborne two, you would probably, that would be a big get hype moment for you. Yeah, for sure. And that might be the only like, cause I tried to sit down and play Sekiro yeah. and, I'm like, man, I just don't have time to to go through this kind of game again. And mm-hmm. um, a, a second Bloodborne would probably get me back into another Souls type game. Um, uh, outside of that, like if a Dark if a Dark Souls four was announced, I'd probably end up skipping it to be mm-hmm. honest. But um, yeah, Bloodborne two would probably be enough to to get me in. Like yeah. I'd, I'd be in on that. Nice. I I remember when they teased. Sekiro at the Game Awards, not last year, but the year before, I think it was when we yeah, got the right. first teaser. It was that Shadows Die Twice teaser. And yeah. a lot of people had actually made the assumption that it was a Bloodborne 2. Yeah. Um, and I know there were people disappointed when it turned out to be a brand <laughs> new IP. But yeah, I, I think that's, you know, it's definitely one of the best PlayStation 4 games out there. And I, I, would, I would consider... If there was a, a sequel coming on there, I'm like, okay, this is clearly a franchise just for the sake of being in in tune with the industry that I should probably try and give another shot. It's just, man, it's so hard and I'm not very good at video games. But I think <laughs> if I if I come in with that mentality of knowing like, you know, kind of like I, when you're playing Celeste or one of those games that is very difficult, just knowing that, okay, I'm going to die a lot and I just need to accept that and, and move on with it. So... I haven't completely wrote it off, but it's going to be hard for me to ever pick it up again because, man, <laughs> I just remember so early in the game getting so frustrated. I'm like, oh, man, I got a long ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> so for myself, uh, another game was Halo Reach, which came out September 14th, 2010. I had to look it up just, just to make sure. And actually just came to Master Chief Collection like uh, a week ago or so. And in my eyes, Halo yeah. Reach is probably my favorite Halo game, if I'm being honest. It was, you know... the it's a real la- solid Halo game. Oh, absolutely. It was the last, you know, Bungie-developed game that we got. Um, you know, some of those people, I think, stayed, uh, were brought into 343 Industries. But ever since then, like, that was... Halo really changed in my eyes, and for a lot of people, I think. And... You know, a lot of people say two is their favorite three, you know, the first one, whatever. But for me, Halo Reach just had such a great story and it was a great prequel to this 
the the halo story and everything like that um yeah i just i liked having that squad and everything like that was really cool and i even the multiplayer i remember loving it there was uh many nights again staying up late playing halo reaches multiplayer and since i played that game i think i've only played it two two times three times through um but that was a long time ago because i remember playing through them pretty soon after completing them just because i liked it so much i wanted to play it again um but now that's on master chief collection i'm just waiting to find the right chunk of time to be able to boot that back up and play that game and i'm really excited to be able to to play that um my nephews who are on the show their dad's a big halo fan and mm-hmm. Uh, he himself, Matt, has not played Halo Reach, so I told him like, "You got Master Chief Collection, played all the <laughs> other ones. Like, you gotta play this game because it's exceptional." I was really impressed that one of your nephews had actually played uh, <laughs> the older Halo games. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It, they, Matt had uh, bought a original Xbox, I think, when he was in college, and he had kept, you know, Halo and Halo Two, and yeah. So when the boys got old enough they brought out the old xbox and played it and when they got the they got a 360 probably like four years ago i want to say and i lent them you know some halo games and it was the first time he had got to experience like halo 3 and stuff like that um and obviously some of the like halo 4 halo 5 say what you will about them but um and then yeah the boys just latched on to to that franchise which was really cool to see because that was you know an older generations that was their game growing up so it was kind of cool seeing them kind of resonate with something like that so all right let's uh let's so that's yeah give me a third one and then we'll do give we'll do three more each i think okay uh next i think i'm gonna go with uh i think breath of the wild Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, just kind of revolutionized open world experiences and uh, was a great, you know, kind of deviation from the classic Zelda formula, which I think was kind of needed after, you know, Skyward Sword and you had Twilight Princess, which, you know, as far as Zelda games go, it's me being like a huge Zelda fanboy. Like those are two two entries that didn't really I, I actually never even played Skyward Sword. Mm hmm. And uh, I never finished Twilight Princess because I didn't think it was that great of a game. Yeah. Um, but Breath of the Wild was like complete opposite. Like that game was just amazing. Start to finish, like that sense of wonder, like, you know, you step out <laughs> of the cave and the great plateau opens up. And, yeah. And then you do all the things on the plateau and then you, you get off of there and then the, you have this whole huge world to explore that's yeah. like holy crap like yeah. i spent all that time in this dinky little <laughs> area of the map yeah and there's just so much to do and like everything that you did you know you're going off in one place and then uh you know you see something pop up it's like oh i want to go check that out and then <laughs> yeah. as you're on your way there you see something else it's like oh, i want to check that oh, out man. like it was just just incredible and uh one of my favorite things about that game is you talk to basically anyone else that's played that game and share experiences everyone's experience is different. And I always yeah. go back to someone's first trip up to Goron city. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> up, up in the, uh, you know, up by death mountain. Yeah. And the way everyone gets there is a little bit different. So 
you could get up there by uh, eating something that increases your heat resistance mm -hmm. or uh, there's, I think, um, like lizards you can get. You can craft a potion. Mm -hmm. You can just beeline for it and just keep eating food like every couple seconds to restore your health yeah. uh, until you get up there. Um, at the base of the mountain, there's a quest you can do to uh, to actually earn armor that, that makes you immune to the heat. Yeah. So there's so many different things you can do. And I feel like every time I talk to someone about how they got up there, the story is is a little bit different. So, yeah. Um, and, that, and it's just, you know, kind of the things you hear. Everyone doing the the, the four great beasts, mm -hmm. you know, in a different order. So you're meeting characters at different times and getting exactly, abilities yeah. at different times. And it was just really great and fun to talk about. Yeah, I, I wish I could go back to to when that game released i didn't get the switch until that fall like just before christmas i think like mm. october of 2017 and the first game i like i bought my switch and i bought zelda and that's i'm like i will play this and continue playing it and until i beat it and i'm ready to move on before i get another game and <laughs> that was several months that i just i actually probably missed out on a couple great <laughs> uh games that were releasing for the switch because i just could not put zelda down because it was yeah all the same things that you mentioned just being able to you know you're you're kind of set a waypoint i'm gonna go try and do this quest and then getting distracted you know making making your way there and like oh i'm gonna go climb this mountain over here or i'm gonna go check out what's in this cave or whatever and yeah i i i love how that game can just be played in different different ways, like you said. There's no one right way of playing it. It's completely open world. You can do what you want, and you know we've been wanting that in the Zelda universe for a while now. So I, yeah, I. It's arguably like the best game in the franchise for sure. Mm. Um, there's so like we could do a whole podcast on talking about all the things. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say like that is one of my games for sure as well. Um, because if I look back at all the games I've played and have made an impact on me, that's one that's right up there as just being a game that you, I'll never forget. And those moments that were so amazing to me, I, I just remember them like there yesterday. Right. So I love it. I, now, now that you're talking about, I think how I got up to the city was I, uh, I think I just had a crap ton of food and before my heart was depleted, I would eat <laughs> yeah. more if I'm remembering uh -huh. correctly. But, um, and then I remember finding out afterwards about like the armor and some of the other things that helped with heat mm -hmm. resistance. And I was like, Oh, that would have been really <laughs> helpful. But you know, it's just a, a great example, like you said, of how, how this game can be played in different ways. So, and I just remember seeing the, the dragon, in the sky the oh, first yeah. time and just being mm -hmm. like, holy crap. Right. Like, <laughs> and sorry if that's, I think at this point, like if you haven't played the game, like, and I'm taking, I'm kind of spoiling that moment for you, but it's been out. If you haven't played Zelda by now, like it's, you got to, it is totally worth just buying a switch for. Cause yeah, it is the, one of the best games of all time. Um, so I'll give two more then. Uh, let's see here. Just looking at my list, I guess. Where do I want to go? I had a couple honorable mentions that, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll just say the last of us, the first game. 
Ooh, yeah. nice. It's, it was the first game I played when I got my PlayStation 4, and it was a game that I played in only like a couple sittings, and that is pretty rare for me. I always, when I sit down to play a video game, even if I'm into a game like, like Zelda, you know, it's a little different with the Switch because I can move around and keep playing, but I get antsy and I got to, you know, get up and move, like go get out of the house or, you know, do a couple chores or just kind of feel like I'm doing something being somewhat productive. And I, I rarely let myself just totally be brought into a game and not worry about anything else going on in the world. But The Last of Us was one of those games that did that to me. It was just like, I remember just not wanting to put it down and just continue continue playing it until I beat it. And just that that story, I've talked about it on the show before. It's it's incredible. I love the characters. And I'm in the same boat as you, just thinking like, I, I don't necessarily think it needs a sequel, but... Am I going to play it? Absolutely. Is it going to be great? <laughs> yes. But, you know, there. I don't think it will still be quite as special as, you know, that first playthrough that I had right. with, with Last of Us because it was, you know, one of the best narrative experience I had had in a game in such a long yeah. time. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they killed it with the uh, the story in that game. Like, yeah. It was just so, like, heart-wrenching, at, at, you know, at so many different points and uh, kind of unexpected you know things that happen and it yeah they just they they nailed it absolutely and it's obvious that it is a one of the best games of the decade when i have friends who who don't own playstation 3 or 4 and they have actually watched entire playthroughs on youtube and still feel like how how we do having played it um, I have one friend who just is like thinks it's a great game, but he's never actually controlled. And but just witnessing the game, you know, you could play that game and have a couple people over, and they would they would enjoy it just as much as you are because it's such a great story. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's let's hear your second last one. Uh, let's see. Um, I think I will go. I think I'll choose. Final Fantasy 15. Nice. Um, I I kind of I was texting you. Was it last weekend? I, I popped it in again, uh, just to kind of you know play through the opening mm-hmm. story beats because I was um, I was at my parents' house and I I took it with me and right. um, just put it on my my dad's PlayStation. Was killing some time with it. And it's like man, this game just is so good. Like it it hits like all the right notes in terms of like. Uh, the open world and the things that you can, you know, kind of find and explore and the different quests you can take. And, um, you know, the music, again, is, is fantastic. It has just a great soundtrack. The characters are great. Like the, you know, the kind of buddy sort of road trip that everyone's going on. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just so great. And, you know, playing through and, and kind of thinking back on, you know, what the things that happen later in the story and, the way it all comes together and, and pans out. And it was, you know, one of my favorite final fantasies of all time. And, um, it's just, you know, I've been kind of wanting to, to play through it again, but it mm-hmm. is a really long game. It is. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you're trying to do a lot of the stuff in it. So I knew I wasn't, you know, when I sat down to play, I knew I wasn't going to get real far in it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's still fun to play regardless. And I just, you know, have just really fond memories of, of playing that game. Yeah. 
I wish I could have been there for when that game, because I played it probably a year, well, yeah, it would be about a year and a half after that game released before I played it for the first time. And it would have been cool mm-hmm. to kind of, because I know that that game, yeah, there's, you know, those hardcore Final Fantasy fans that were on the fence because it was different. Um, it was like, cha- it changed, it changed a couple things that, uh, you know, fans had gotten used to. And, but like I've said on the show before, that game was the game that, was really got me interested in the final fantasy series and franchise. And I, I want to go back in and beat it. Cause I, I think I was like 75% done the story. Um, and now I've waited so long that I've forgot a lot of things, but I'm sure that, you know, I could find some recaps and find the time to go back in there and, and finish it up at some point. I mean, that's the hardest thing right now is finding the time. There's so yeah, many when, games to play. Yeah. And next year isn't going to make it easy exactly, to, right? to do either. But yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like I, when I played through, I did it before they made the story changes to chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I know there were people complaining about like not enough context or whatever. And, uh, or maybe just certain things, you know, I guess kind of missing from the story. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't bother me. I thought it was a great story either way. Um, but I never went back and, and played it after they kind of, uh, you know, changed up the story in that chapter. So I'm kind of interested to know, like, how much of it was changed or what yeah. they did. But I still liked it regardless. I thought it was a great game. So my last pick, because I had five, right? Zelda, Red Dead, Halo Reach. What was my other one? I've already forgotten it. Uh, <laughs> um, I closed the tab. Now I gotta. Okay, whatever. I'm just gonna do one more anyways. Uh, so the last one. And again, these aren't my favorite games of the day. These are just games that made big impacts. Like if I, I would have a totally different list. It was like top ten games in the last ten years. Oh, but see, I'm mostly going with my favorites. Favorites, but I know yeah. Some of them did. I mean, I, I know they. Majority of these games that I'm mentioning did make decent impacts with uh you know players at large too yeah yeah i they're they're more like personal impacts at same thing like knowing i wouldn't necessarily put them like these five are the best games i've played i probably should have but yeah these are games that i I, yeah i'm the same way like these aren't like it's it's not a an ordered list of like my favorite games of the decade but definitely like ones that i really enjoyed and Mm -hmm. and um yeah the that I feel like there's a lot to talk about yeah. with, with those games. Because you think, like, 10 years, that's a lot of video games. And it is. these ones, yep. these are the ones that stand out above the rest to us. So um, this one is easily one of my favorite games of all time, and that's the first season of The Walking Dead game. And I remember the first episode, it was the first kind of time I had ever played, like, an episodic-type game like this. And I remember the first episode of the season was free on Xbox Live Arcade. I remember it probably would have, I, I played it the year it came out, and um, but it had been out for a little bit. All the episodes, I don't know if they did a staggered release with that game or not, but because um, I know what they did with previous or future seasons, but I remember playing the demo. It was like the first episode. And just being like, all right, I'm going to buy this right now. And like (laughs) bought the game, played through it again in probably a couple sittings. And just, wow, it was, it was the, 
there was a, you know there's a reason why that game was a contender for game of the year the year it came out um, because it was and it might have even won game of the year at a lot of outlets and yeah it's just it was an exceptional story I remember kind of already being into the Walking Dead franchise at that point the TV series and just being like whoa this is um, this is different because it's it's based off the comics and stuff and. So I'm like, okay, we'll see how this goes and just getting into it and learning these characters and their connections with each other and their relationships and their the emotional, you know, ups and downs that they go through while trying to survive during a zombie apocalypse was really great. Like a lot of people, I think some some people don't like these types of games because you're not really doing much, you're just kind of sitting back and watching a story. But mm-hmm. I really liked the the multiple paths thing right you know that's something that is in a lot of games today but you know back then there wasn't that was kind of something new that telltale was exploring of being able to make different choices that would alter the game and yeah it was really cool being able to play that and then fast forward a couple years moving in with megan and being like hey you should play this and seeing her play it and make different decisions than i did and being able to see you know how things turned out and yeah, I mean, I, I I just remember, yeah, it's probably one of the few games that have made me cry. I won't spoil anything, but it's just, it's it's a really, like I'm talking about The Last of Us, it, it's at that level of storytelling in my eyes. So, all right, Adam, do you have one more? So what I'd like to do here, if I may, sure. is um, just to kind of give people an idea of how many great games did come out this year is to just list off some of some really major titles that came Absolutely. out that maybe just uh, can make people understand how hard it yeah, would be to, f- to yeah. actually pick the best games of the decade. But we had, um, so just, again, no real particular order, but Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, uh, Black Ops, uh, Infamous, uh, Infamous 2, we had... Um, talked about persona 4 golden bioshock infinite came out uh nino kuni after the white witch uh was a thing yeah (laughs) uh rocket league yes uh gosh what is uh super smash brothers uh both four and and ultimate Mm -hmm. uh witcher 3 came out uh mario kart 8 xenoblade chronicles x um shovel knight uh Dark Souls 3, or even uh, multiple Dark Souls games, uh, multiple Uncharted games. Uh, we had The Division, Mario Maker, uh, Overwatch, Fallout 4, uh, No Man's Sky. Um, Fortnite was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Octopath Traveler. God of War, Monster Hunter World, Mario Odyssey, Golf Story, Stardew Valley, Splatoon, <laughs> Splatoon 2. Um, let's see what else we got. Spider-Man, uh, oh, Fire yeah. Emblem Jeez. Awakening, Fire Emblem Three Houses, um, Final Fantasy XIV and multiple, uh, multiple expansions that came out for that. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, uh, the Mario Maker games, if I didn't mention that already, Katana Zero, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's just <laughs> that's like a fraction, them, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Skyrim, another one. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's just I think I think that was this this decade, right? Uh yeah, I think it was 2011. Yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like this whole slew um that it's just so hard to, you know, pick, pick certain games, ones yeah. or even one to yeah. be like the absolute favorite. Exactly, yeah. But yeah. And obviously who could forget Knack for PlayStation 4? Oh, of course. <laughs> Game of the year yeah, every year. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome looking back at the last ten years. We got to kind of we we had that flip over to a new generation, so that obviously adds a lot to it. Um, but it's pretty incredible. There's a there's a lot of brand new IPs in there. You know, sequels to franchises that were better than some of the original games and stuff. So yeah, overall, like I would say, definitely within the last ten years is probably when I kind of became really into video games, like I've always played video games, but I would say once I kind of reached high school and um, into kind of my adult life, I was starting to appreciate games more. And so it was kind of cool being able to play some of those games that you've mentioned um, Mm -hmm. and be part of those conversations and stuff. Cause when you're a kid, you just kind of play games, right? You, some of them are probably kind of shitty too and you think they're the best thing and then you look back you're like ooh, i can't believe i played hundreds of hours of you know that game or whatever right so yeah Yeah, and it's crazy to think that you know next year 2020 is going to start off a new decade and it is going to be a monster of a year it's insane like we've been really fortunate and we'll talk about this a little bit next week about 2019 and looking at that year we're we were We've been pretty privileged in 2017, 2018, but like 2020 is we're just being plain spoiled next year with (laughs) the games that are coming out. Um, Yeah, I and we're getting new. It's a flip over to a a next generation of consoles too. like video games uh, in this next 10 years, I think, are really going to change a lot um, how we play them and the types of games that speak out to people i think we're gonna it's going to look very different come 2030 i think the the medium Mm -hmm. of video games so all right uh this is kind of like a bonus that you guys can throw in there uh if if you want you guys can send in your favorite games of the last decade to us i send it into the email address games are fun podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. And if we get any responses, we can read them out next week if we have time, but yeah, it'd be great to hear some of your guys' favorite games of the last decade. All right, let's move into going over what games we've been playing lately. Uh, Adam, why don't I, it's been so long since we've chatted. I don't <laughs> even know what you're playing. I know you were playing Pokemon. So what, what have you been playing recently? Uh, it's, I mean, since our last podcast, it, it hasn't been a ton to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, we had Thanksgiving that came up and, uh, you know, some other things that have gone on in recent weeks that I haven't played a ton, but I finished, I don't know if I mentioned this on the, show. On the last podcast or not, so. but I did finish Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I, I did finally finish up Pokemon. I rolled credits on right. that and did, yeah. um, some game stuff there. Uh, I played, you know, a little bit through the the opening beats of Final Fantasy 15 again, but that's that's really about it. I haven't yeah. really got into anything new recently, so. Yeah, the that's fair because you know we're in, we're past all the big releases now, and 
it's just kind of mm-hmm. tidying those up, right, with Death Stranding, Jedi, and Pokemon. I'm two for three now. I still have, have to pick up Pokemon, but are you looking at uh, playing, like, is there a game that you're looking at hopefully catching up on over the holidays, holiday break? Maybe Control. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, after it got IGN's Game of the Year yeah. and it has a bunch of nominations for the Game Awards. So, I mean, that's definitely on my radar now, mm-hmm. certainly more than it was before. Yeah. So, uh, definitely something I'm interested. I'm not sure if I'll pick it up, but it is something that's, you know, certainly on my radar now. Yeah. I was telling Adam off the show that Control, I actually had it on hold and I was ready. To, it was ready to be picked up. Um, and you have like a week to pick it up. And I think I was out of town for work or something. And I never got around to it. So I got booted back uh, of the line again. And so right now I'm like 89 in place for control on PS4. And it sounds like a lot, but you also have to remember there's like more than one copy. Like some games have 10 copies floating around. So one, yeah, it's just a matter of time. Now I'll probably end up picking it up or maybe it'll hit Game Pass. There was, you know, Phil Spencer mentioned that it was coming to Game Pass, and then Remedy was like, uh, no, not we don't have any plans for that right now. And so who knows? I think it's true. It's it's a kind of a rare for Phil Spencer to slip up like that, but I, he, he's, it's not like he mistakenly said it um, and was mistook it for another game. Like, he was talking about Remedy and Control and how it didn't necessarily get as much attention as it it deserves this year and um how he's looking forward to it being accessible to more people by coming to game pass and all that so it's coming to game pass it's just a matter of when but (laughs) for me um which i guess is a good segue i got a playstation 4 pro and so i'm wanting to play it on my playstation because i got a launch xbox and i'm kind of just that's where i want to play my games right now obviously so that was something i did over the American Thanksgiving weekend, however, uh, it's, it wasn't Thanksgiving up here, but we do still get Black Friday deals for whatever reason. And there was a trade-in deal at EB Games, um, and it was trade in your Slim for a Pro for like 170 bucks. And so I was like, okay, do I need that? And then I was thinking, you know, I got a year away from next gen. So should I pay you know that much money for a console that i technically already have it's just a little more powerful is it worth it but then i was thinking about next year and how many more games are coming and how my xbox has really been chugging and even my ps4 slim was starting to chug so i'm like man am i gonna be able to run cyberpunk 2077 next year like (laughs) i honestly that's a good point yeah you know what i mean so i was like i'm just gonna do it and that's how much Stadia cost was, and I, I still haven't received my refund, but it is being processed, so it's just a matter of it being reversed back onto my credit card. I finally got that sent back to them, but I'm like, let's just exchange it in Stadia and get a, a PS4 Pro, so I went and did that and got a Modern Warfare bundle, so I got a free, like, pretty well brand new release game with it, and yeah, it's awesome. I finished up Jedi Fallen Order on the PS4 Pro, and I will say that on the couple previous episodes when we were talking about jedi fallen order and all the bugs i was experiencing it definitely reduced the amount of glitches i had um there wasn't as many texture pops there was still some bugs but it was like drastically different um Mm. 
it was almost like a completely different game. And I <laughs> wish I got to play the majority of the game on the pro. Cause I only played probably like 15, 20% of it on the pro, but yeah, it, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, it's very snappy. It looks great. This is my first kind of look at 4k gaming. Cause that's something I haven't, I've had a 4k TV for about a year now and I haven't really been able to use it for video games. And although I would have preferred an Xbox one X, um, I'm happy that I have some console that can give me higher frame rates and, uh, resolution stuff. So yeah, so that's with that. I, like I said, beat Jedi fallen order. I been, I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I actually finished the campaign today and I will just say that Modern Warfare's campaign is like exceptional. I really like it. It is really the the subject matter is pretty extreme. It's very violent, but very probably accurate of what war war is like. Um, but yeah, if you, I I I can't believe that there's some parents out there like there's kids that would essentially get their hands on that game. Like even my nephew's age, they're playing that game and it's crazy after <laughs> seeing some of the things, mind you, they're probably just playing the multiplayer, but it, mm-hmm. it, it goes, it goes there in some, some of the levels, like where you're, you're like, Holy crap, this is pretty intense. So, uh, if you like games that are very realistic in that sense, I recommend it. I play, they had a new mode for the campaign, uh, Cause you have your recruit regular hardened and veteran for difficulties. And they also have realism now. So realism is the veteran difficulty, but it has absolutely no HUD. So I played the entire game on realism and it was awesome. It was really, it was really realistic, right? There was no video gamey things to it. There was no yeah. grenade indicators. Um, I died a lot because <laughs> those things that kind of help you with the game weren't there. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I really like it. It's a, the best looking Call of Duty game yet. And it goes back to the, those roots of Modern Warfare, which is my favorite series within the franchise. And yeah, it's, it's great just to see Soap uh, again and, or not Soap, Captain Price. And yeah, I highly recommend it. If you're at all, have ever liked playing any single Call of Duty campaign, pick this game up. Um if you're just play, waiting for the campaign, maybe wait for a price drop because it is only like five hours. But uh, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. And then what else? Uh, let me look here. I Oh yeah, I did want to mention that I've been playing Stardew Valley on my phone. <laughs> I actually have talked it on the show. I think I mentioned to you, Adam, that Stardew was a game that never clicked with me. I played about yeah. five hours on the Switch And I just kind of was like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of get what's going on here. Now, Megan has close to 300 hours on the Switch. She (laughs) loves Stardew. And we've always wanted to, like, play the co-op mode. Um, But we kind of need two Switches to do that because it's online. Mm -hmm. And so we thought maybe we could do that by both buying it on the phone. But unfortunately, that cooperative online mode is only available on, like, consoles and PCs. So... Uh, but I was like, okay, let's, let's buy it. And yeah, it's been great. Like I'm in, into the, the, for, for reference, I, 
probably only played to summer of the first year before I was kind of like, okay, so there's so much of the game I haven't seen. Now I'm like, I'm almost into fall. I've finished a bunch of stuff at the community center, building relationships. Like it's, it's awesome. I love it. And it's just, it's, <laughs> it's clicked with me. And I don't know what, I think it's the, the controls are really user friendly because it is touch screen controls. And I was a little skeptical about that, mm. but it's awesome. Cause you can just tap and maybe, I don't know, maybe you could do that with the switch because the switch does have touch screen. Not on the switch. They okay. made you switch. They made you change tools for whatever task yes, you're trying yeah. to do. And with this one, you tap on a tree or like um, you know, a piece of grass and it will automatically switch to the proper tool to cut the grass or cut the tree down, the axe or whatever. Which is awesome. That's yeah. super, super uh, user friendly. Oh, totally. It makes things so easy uh, in terms of clearing out or gathering resources, that kind of stuff. I will say the one thing though that is extremely difficult is fishing because you have to tap the screen to kind of bring oh, up that yeah. bar. And you know, that it's just, it's harder. Um, even Megan said like, cause someone who's played a lot on the switch, she's like, man, fishing is really hard. I'm like, okay, I'm glad that you noticed that too. Cause this <laughs> is, I can barely catch any fish here. So yeah, I've been playing that, so that's been really fun. It's a great game. Who, to... who are you romancing? Um, right now, uh, okay, now I got to bring up something the character names, uh, because I kind of kind of got three on the on the the role here of giving some gifts. Uh, Abigail's the one with the purple hair, I believe, right? I think so. Um, yep. Yeah, the purple hair girl, Abigail, um, Penny, and then. Um, Maru, is that her name? The, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one who, the Robin's daughter. Yep. Yeah. So I think I have three hearts with her and I have two with Penny and one, two with Abigail. So I'm kind of just, I don't know. We'll see who, who ends up. It's basically what it comes down to is whoever, whoever, cause they all have favorite gifts, right? If I have mm -hmm. more of one gift, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with that. So I'm kind of just keeping them all <laughs> even balance until I can gather up a bunch of gifts that they really like. And then I'll just kind of go to town with them. So <laughs> I was very on the fence when I played, it was between Emily and Leah. Mm, and, yeah. um, I ended up, I ended up choosing Leah. Yeah. I'm excited to see that part of the game. Cause like I said, I, that's a, a part that I've never even played like there's so much i haven't seen and it, it just blows my mind that this game was made by one person like yeah it's insane like i can't believe we don't talk about it more because it, like the music is made <laughs> by him and yeah the, you know all the programming the character design the the story the writing it's just crazy like it's insane how yeah i yeah i'm i always that's the i told me i'm like i it never clicked with me before but i always respected the what stardew was as a game and now playing i'm glad that i can kind of it i'm enjoying that experience so yeah and i just i love how there's like no pressure in that game like you can do yeah. whatever you want you don't have to farm if you don't yeah. want to you can just you know go around and you know hang out with the npcs or you yeah. can spend all your time uh down in the mine yeah, exactly. doing stuff like you know whatever you want to do yeah. like there's no no rush no no pressure it's yeah. just just chill have fun do whatever exactly, you want to do yeah. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I've been playing right now. I hope in the next week here, it sucks. Speaking of the library, all my holds come at once, it seems like, because I got uh, Concrete Genie that I have downloaded. 
and I just played a little bit of, um, so I'm sure I'll talk about that on the show some point. And then uh, I got Indivisible, which you obviously are a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I haven't installed, again, just waiting for, I was waiting to kind of, I'd already started Call of Duty campaign, so I wanted to get that. Um, and I'm probably going to buy Pokemon on Friday, so it's like, nice. that's going to, I'm probably going to be playing that. So I really hope I can play Indivisible in some of those other games. Um yeah, before the end of the year or before I have to return them, I guess. Um, yeah, Indivisible is not super long. Um, okay, I think I I beat it in like maybe just over twenty hours, okay. something like that. Yeah, and Con- Concrete Genie, I just want to play it because it's, a, you know, PlayStation exclusive and it's three to five hours somewhere in there, so it's like great, a quick oh that's pretty little short. snippet there. Um, hence why I think it was only like a thirty dollar game when it released, but. Um, yeah, and then at some, that's what I probably should do is because we're going to be talking game of the year stuff. Is I, I'm on like I, I think I have I'm like about to do the last mission on the outer worlds, and I should probably go back and and finish that off because I don't want to stop <laughs> right at the finish line. But you you never finished it, did you? I did not. Are you going to? Um, just, if you ever perhaps. feel like it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm so far removed from it now that now, I even exactly, kind of forget yeah. that that I have it yet to play. So. Yeah, right. And man, I don't even want to talk about my backlog. That now they have the pro though. <laughs> I have had this interest of like, like I want to boot up Death Stranding again just to see what it looks like. And yeah, um, I'm kind of glad that I fell off from God of War uh, because now I can pick it up and play it on my pro and have this really awesome cinematic experience i don't think i realized you didn't beat that oh it's so good i know yeah it was the one of those fantastic it was one of those things that i i bought it late in the year because it was i didn't buy it at release because I, I can't remember it just finances it just didn't line up and I, I couldn't swing it waited for a sell bought it played it like crazy and then i think another game came along it was the same thing with like the outer worlds and yeah i just and the the problem of the more you're removed from that world it's just like you don't feel the need to go back to it yeah but i think if i just just boot it up and start playing again i'll immediately become immersed and want to see it out because i i'm probably i want to say i'm definitely more than halfway in it i would say like even close to 75 percent. so like i'm i'm right there i just need to to follow through and and beat it because it's one of the best games ever so but yeah, anyways, that's, I guess that's what we've been playing. Um, and that concludes our episode. So, oh, I guess we got to do question of the week. <laughs> we've pushed it so many times. Um, all right. So last week's question, I asked you guys, do you watch the game awards? And if so, do you care more about the game announcements or who wins the award? So your brother wrote in and he is at Lord, Lordly. King S dot, AKA Lordly Kings dot on Twitter. And he says, uh, we make a big deal of the game awards every year, hot wings and snacks along with discussions. And I think it's the winners that interest me the most. I like seeing recognition for the world's greatest art form. So that's really cool. You and your brother, do you guys usually get together and watch those? Yeah, typically, uh, him and I, and then and then a couple, couple friends. friends. We we try and get together nice. uh, every time it comes around. We do the same thing for like E three as yeah. well. So that's like, cool. Yeah. Are you guys doing that tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think at least three of us are. Cool. Not sure if the fourth guy yeah. will be able to make it or not. That'd be fun though. 
Awesome. Uh, BJ Bernardo at BJ Bernardo 10 on Twitter says, I try to watch it, but it's not a must watch. I watch it for the announcements um, because it feels like an end of the year E3 conference with the award speeches taking place of the E3 talking developers. What? It feels like an end. Sorry. It feels like an end of year E3 conference with the award speeches taking place of the E. There's a couple of mistakes in there, but I kind of understand what you're saying there, BJ. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's interesting that you only find it as like, it's not necessary. You watch it if, if you do. Um, so you obviously, we don't really need to, we both watch it. Um, but for, I guess I'll ask you the question. Do you prefer the announcements or do you like seeing who wins? Like, what do you, what would you rate higher? So I, I'm with Steven on this. I, I come for the, uh, for the awards themselves mm-hmm. and the, uh, but I mean, you know, obviously the announcements and everything like super like awesome icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, I, my kind of thing is I, I come for the awards. I stay for the announcements, right. I, I, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say like when the game awards with Jeff, like started back up in 2014 and I've watched them every year since. And I, I was in the same boat of always wanting to see who wins. And then as the show has kind of grown and gotten bigger each year, I will say that it's hard for me not to be like thinking more about <laughs> who, like what's going to be announced, especially because like in the last couple of years, like they've announced some really like big announcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like E3 level, like, you know, like something like Reggie saying like Bayonetta 3 being announced. Like right. That's a big announcement yeah. or you know, Crash Team Racing being announced, a, a remake that people are like, okay, you remade the first three, we want this one remade, and it's like, boom, it is happening, and it's coming next year. It's like, holy crap. Yeah, and like, I think that was even where we saw, like, the first real gameplay yeah. footage of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, exactly. So. so I'm really excited for those. But, of course, yeah, I, I'm I'm there of seeing, um, seeing who wins the awards. I, I lo- this year is kind of interesting. There's a lot of not controversy, but a lot of discussion about the game awards this year and how it's a weird year because there isn't one definite winner like we have had in the last couple of years, you know, God, there either... probably would have been if they accommodated, found a way to accommodate Jedi, Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. A lot of people, people really like that game and there was quite a stir with that. And even though it's eligible for next year, like it's not, it's not going to. There's way no. more competition. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it's. Everyone has to be very clear front runners. Yes, next year. exactly. Like Final Fantasy VII, Cyberpunk, you know, Last of Us Part Two, and who knows mm-hmm. what else is coming out next fall that we don't even know about. Like we got a new, a brand new Halo game for the first one in such a long time. So it's it's crazy to think that it would be able to keep, stay fresh in people's minds to win anything next year, but. You know, Smash Brothers is in it this year, but that's, I think, a little bit different of a type of game. So, yeah. And again, because, I mean, the the year wasn't like crazy with huge games either. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that lended itself well for for Smash Brothers staying in the conversation. Yeah, totally. All right. So this week's question, it's the last question we're going to because we won't have a question next week um, because there will be a too big of a break in between there. So the, the last question of the year that I'm going to ask you guys, pretty obvious, but what it was your favorite game of 2019. So send in your responses to the email address games are fun podcast at gmail.com. We also post the question on our Twitter at games are fun pod 
and on Facebook, games are fun. So you can respond with your answers there and we'll make sure to read them after we've talked about all of our favorite games on next week's episode. So yeah, really try and send that in because I want, I want to hear what other people have as well. Um, cause I, it, it's interesting. I think we're all next week, me, you, Garrett, Steven, probably are all going to have different number ones. Maybe not. There might be a couple overlaps, but it's, it's, I don't think it's going to, it's not like, Hey, we all like God of war or something like that. So, right. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll have a lot of overlap in our top five and our, yeah. Yeah. But game of the years might be different. Yeah, exactly. I'm really excited for it though. I think it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of discussion. We're also going to be going over some of the announcements that were, um, presented at the game awards and obviously talk a little bit about the winners and such. So yeah, make sure you're right in and that wraps up this episode of games are fun. Adam, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Palooza 85. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Allen arm. And then as a reminder, games are fun pod at Twitter and Instagram search for games are fun on Facebook to follow us there. And that concludes this episode and we will talk to you guys next Sunday. See you later.